Good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be here in the house of God, singing about the Holy Spirit, singing about our Savior. That last song was very good. Um, Kind of speaks along the lines that I want to share about this morning. When I thought of sharing, um, we just came back from, actually there's a few brothers here that just came back from a leadership seminar, which was a very good time. And I remember in years gone by, usually what would we would do after a uh, seminar like this, or like that there we had, we usually had testimony time. And we also did that with uh, after Bible school, like when, back when I was young, we'd... Uh, We'd go to Bible school, then we'd come out here, come back to church, and we'd give testimonies. And there's something, there's something good about that, I believe, both for the congregation and also for the one speaking, just verbalizing kind of something that God did in our hearts. And uh, it has a little bit of a different fact, effect than, than studying for something, which that's good, too. But uh, I think that's a little bit what I'll do this morning, is just share some of the things that I was touched and I was blessed with. So for some of you that were there, you might just kind of hear some of the same things. But I think it's good for me, and I think it's good for, for us to hear that God is uh, still alive. He works, and uh, he's seated, on, seated on, the, on the throne interceding for us. So I'm sure I can't share everything, and... Uh, because was, it was a very rich weekend, uh, last couple days there. But uh, what I would like to share on was uh, something that I feel, what I'm going to share probably won't be some of the details that God necessarily spoke to me in, in some very detailed part of, you know, everyday life, whatever. But it was a little bit more the, uh, the way of life. Um, that affects a lot of the things we come across and how we, how we uh, deal with them and how we um, perceive them and whatever. Uh, Dale Heisey had the first message of the day, and his kind of topic was a call. His topic was a call to spiritual worship which was very good. He's always very good to listen to. It seems like he's a very, very broken man. I think he went through a lot of, a lot of tough times in his life, which seems to have worked a, uh, a good thing in his life. Then uh, Joe Tyndall had a very good few messages on the love of God, how we, and the love of God to us, and how that works in our hearts, and then how that works to our brothers and sisters and our families, very good. Then after uh, lunch, there was uh, Earl Horace from Pennsylvania had two messages, two different days, and then Leonard Martin, the dad, had one also on Friday Friday afternoon, which is very good. And then David Osball, I'm not exactly sure how to say his last name, but uh, he had then the evening messages, kind of a study on life's pe- on on the life of Peter, which he was a very interesting interesting speaker. <clears throat> So I think every day that Dale preached, I was, I was just touched 
on this on a call to spiritual worship and how that affects our everyday life living in a uh, an atmosphere of worship and adoration to our god that is due to him and uh, he explained and it was in one of the first days he uh, he said worship nowadays we think of or can you know people think of these Lively song services and singing loud to the Lord in those times may be good sometimes, but that's not always what the Bible talks about when we worship and adore our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He said uh, Elvis Presley proved that. He said it doesn't necessarily matter so much what you say. It isn't what you say that brings worship to God. A very ungodly man can sing some of these good hymns of, uh, you know, oh, how I, I'm not sure all the songs of, you know, that were brought to his mind, but it's not what we sing, it's where it comes from. And this last song that uh, Lavon picked was Come, Gracious Spirit, Heavenly Dove, with light and comfort from above. Be thou our guardian, thou our, thou our guide, or every thought and step preside. Or every thought and step aside. And that is the position we need to have throughout our whole day, our life. That God is over every thought, every action, so we can worship him. Otherwise, it's not worship. There's a verse in First Chronicles 16 that I'd like to um, read here. First Chronicles 16:29. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And I believe each one of us here probably has an, has an established faith that God is. We can't worship something that we don't believe is. And uh, I believe each one of us believes there's a God. But do we see that worship is due to him? It's not something that is nice we are enti- we are we are created to worship his name requires worship how can we say that we love god and not worship and adore him throughout our life in with our brothers am i doing that worship also means to be to make something happen in our lives such as david Let's turn to uh, Psalms 29. David, throughout many of the Psalms, it is not something that was just a thought. It was not something that he just prayed about. It was an action in his life. It caused him to do something. David, I mean, uh, Psalms 29, verse 2. Give unto the Lord all O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. It is something that is due to God. Is my life portraying the worship, the adoration that God is seeking for? Which can only come through what God is looking for, a sanctified life. Now, as we think of sanctification, he, he brought out many good illustrations. But sanctification, sometimes we can think, well, now I'm sanctified. This happened, God sanctified me. 
but yet we never quite reach. We are, we are continually being sanctified, which brings a sweet-smelling savor, savor to God. Like those, those, those sacrifices, Paul said he presses towards the mark. He reaches for. It's not something that we can say, now I'm done, I'm completely perfect. But it isn't something that is e- also stops. It is something that we press in, we reach for, and we attain to, or we, we look to that. A sanctified life. And I had to think back over my life. Am I pressing in? Am I bringing the worship to God that he created us for? Am I reaching for? Am I pressing in? Am I looking towards? Or have I cast my gaze on something else? Have I come to the place where, yes, God sanctified me in some of these areas, and it stops there? We are called to be saints. We are called to be saints. Another thing that comes from a sanctified life is is holiness. Holiness is the testimony that comes forth from a sanctified life. Sanctified is set apart for God holy unto God. Sanctification is when I yield myself instead of fighting. That was kind of some of the things that stood out to me in the first day there when he brought out about sanctification. The other thing, the next day he talked about breaking our heart before God and finding ourselves like that like that that woman that came into that uh, the group there with the Jesus and his disciples, and she she knelt down and she found herself weeping and kissing the feet of Jesus. And I'm sure that she had to probably lay down her reputation with all those people around. Some of them probably kind of laughed and thought how dumb this was. Can we find ourselves? Do I find myself not worrying about my reputation, but in in such adoration of my Lord that it moves me to action, to be willing to be sanctified. Where did the death of Christ begin? It only ended on a wooden cross. He lived a life of sacrifice, of constantly dying to himself, and it ended at the death of the cross. It wasn't something that necessarily just started, and this is where it's a constant dying to ourselves. Being holy, being sanctified is being completely given up so that I can bring the honor and adoration in true worship to the Lord, which is due unto his name. So easy, so many times, ourself, our ideas, the way we approach God can be tainted by just our ugly self rearing up in in our our in our own life, Dale said the story. He said, back before God really broke him and uh, where he really found the what true worship was, he said one time, I believe, I'm not sure, I think this was in Costa Rica. He, uh, I think he was supposed to preach, I'm not sure. But uh, before the service, they had this little prayer meeting. They went, he said, they went. There was a door in, in, in front of the podium, and then it went on up, and then there was a room behind this wall. And there was a bunch of brothers gathered in there, and uh, they knelt down, and they were going to pray for this service. 
And, uh, of course, who's going to pray first? So he's going to pray first. So he gets down on his knees, and he grabs a hold of the horn of the altars, and he, he, starts, he starts praying, and he's making sure God can hear him, and he's breaking through the walls, and, and he's getting this thing going, and he's, he said he's pulling on, the, pulling on the rope to ring that bell up there by God to make sure he can hear him, and, and he's really getting, getting going, and he's, he's praying, thinking he's being filled with the Spirit, and, and he's making sure that God knows that he's there. And then when he gets done, there's this other brother beside him, and uh, he, he's quiet for a while, and then he says two words. He just says, oh, God. And boy, this mate Dale started to sweat, and he started feeling humiliated. And then the guy said two more words, and he said, oh, God. And now Dale is just completely... He is. He is, sees his selfishness in in trying to drum up this worship and trying to 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 storm into God's God's presence, making sure that he knows he's there. And he said he had to think of that 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 man that smote his breast, and all he said is, "Oh Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner." That man went home justified, not those Pharisees that made these long and good prayers and. And those people weren't justified. How many times do I come into God's presence um, on my own, thinking, you know, or how many times do I come there just praying, oh, Lord, have mercy on me, laying down my reputation, laying down my thoughts, laying down my own feelings, and being there in a, in a, in a heap in front of a God, in God saying, use me, that is the worship. That is the foundation where God can use us. And I think that is such a good foundation if we find ourselves in that place for God to use us. In our families, in our, in our, uh, in our community, in our churches, is a spirit of true worship. He also preached a very good message then on, on self and how self just takes that away. And he, he talked a lot about our own, our own um, desire to be in control, desire to get angry at, this, at situations that may occur. He said that something that really, he said no one has the power to provoke you or myself to anger or frustration. We only yield to it. How many times do I yield to that anger or frustration at what may be out of control and how that covers up my testimony and my worship and my access to the one who is, is worthy? <clears throat> he said, the person without a lively testimony of worship and adoration coming from one's life is in grave danger of receiving the mark of the beast someday. A martyr is a living sacrifice before he is martyred. He made this comment about coming to your own funeral. And uh, he said, when you come to a situation and that, that ugly head of self of resentment wants to rise up 
we can come to the place or we should come to the place where we don't know who that is. He's dead. He's not in control. He is, he is, he is under the power of God and lay it down. A martyr has already given his life before he's ever taken to the stake. He has made a decision that I'm dead. They can't take something that is already dead, or they can't kill something that's already dead. A living sacrifice. Let's turn to Romans 12 to look at that. Verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You see here, he mentions the word holy. That is what God is looking for, is holiness out of our life, which brings true worship and adoration to him. There's a song that I want to be my testimony. Eternal Father, when to thee beyond all worlds by faith I soar, before thy boundless majesty I stand in silence and adore. But Savior, thou art by my side, thy voice I hear, thy face I see, thou art my friend, my daily guide, God over all, yet God with me. And thou, great spirit, in my heart, dost make thy temple day by day. The Holy Ghost of God thou art, yet dwellest in this house of clay. Blessed Trinity, in whom alone all things created, moved, or rest, high in the heavens thou hast thy throne, thou hast thy throne within my breast. That is my testimony of what God did for me those couple days. Just kind of hit the reset button a little bit for me. And I believe in this, in this, uh, in this attitude of wanting to be, of wanting to be a worshipful aroma to God. It affects a lot of areas of our life, more than just praying, singing. It affects our everyday, our everyday life. So I thought I'd just share that with you all, that uh, hopefully it was a blessing and an encouragement that that is what God is looking for. It is due to his name. It's not something that he just wants. It is due. We owe it to him for what he's done for us. So may the Lord bless and uh, let's worship him in truth and in spirit.